I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Up off our chest, you know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Will we keep it real? We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Linnell? 2022. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Yes, you can cuss on the show. Okay, good. <laughs> Be you, girl. <laughs> uh, Chris Derrick is out today. Um, I think Tracy Grant is going to pop in at some point um, within the next, you know, half hour, hour, whatever. He's, you know, doing his thing. Um and uh, but we got my girl in the building, Linnell White. Y'all know her. Hello, y'all. Y'all yes, seen her yes. out there. I've missed you all so. <laughs> it's been like a month. Yeah, no, I was on the what was the 400th episode? That's right. I was That's on right. that. <clears throat> yeah. Me, you, Tracy, and Chris. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I'm back and um, still trying to push my short film mm-hmm. along. We're gonna have to crowdfund. Is where I've sort really? of had a con- had a so com- the, the a, grant wasn't enough. It's, it's not enough to cover it. We've okay. done the budget and we're we're short. So now we're gonna have to do a, a crowdfunding <clears throat> situation, which I've never done. Okay. So we got to figure that out. So are you gonna? Are you thinking about shooting something first to get like people interested? No, no. If you look at like or? if you look at like Kickstarter or, mm-hmm. or um, Indiegogo, what they do is like the director, the producers, or something. They just talk to you. They talk to you, right. tell you about the project, cut in some imagery, right. and then you <clears> you. Hit up your friends and, and you hit up your network to mm-hmm. see if you can raise the money. So okay. that's how much you done. need. 15, tell the tell 15, the kids. Fifteen k. Okay. Fifteen k. Okay. Yeah. Auntie needs some help, y'all. <laughs> Who? Auntie. Auntie. No, I ain't no auntie. I don't do auntie at all. At all. I'm not auntie. Sorry. I don't. Want, I don't. I don't got no nieces and nephews. My sister has. Are no you children. Have no nieces and nephews? Okay. We don't do auntie. <laughs> gotcha. Okay? Understood. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Linnell. Good Thank to see you, girl. You. As always. Thank you. Good to be here. Indeed. So if you guys are grown, let's get into the show. We got my girl, big sis in the building, y'all. Y'all know who she is. Kelly Edwards, writer, producer herself, former executive, out here doing big things. Hey, what's happening? Hello. And I do auntie, by the way. You do auntie? Oh, yeah. Big time. So. <laughs> no problem. I'm everybody's mom. So. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I would I would agree with that Unless one. Unless you're a cat. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not. <laughs> Unless you're a feline. Mm-mm. Nope. She's a cat lady over there, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am too. We're, we're kin. We're kin. <laughs> I'm telling you. We love cats. Um, so welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. We wanted to have you on here for a while, so I think timing is just everything. It all worked out great. I'm, you know? good. I'm excited. I've, I've listened to your show. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's um, a very long-running show. Yes. We've been going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Been around for a while. Yeah. I and think this, of, this will drop tomorrow. It'll be like 4.06. Oh, think, my God. That's fast. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I do That's I quite an do. accomplishment. Thank you. And I, I know you know that, but it is still needs to be applauded. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I never think about it like that, but I realize I have, I have so many friends, and you're right, you were saying offline, so many of my friends start a podcast, and by 10, they're done. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, what it's I mean? exhausting. It's a yeah. lot of work. You got to mm-hmm. hustle to get the guests. You got to. I mean, you got to send the emails. It's right. just. It's a lot For to sure. keep it going. For sure. So, but I think it's the. Isn't it interesting how you start something because it's out of passion, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you look back and you went, "Oh my God, I've been doing this for so long." I didn't think that that little thing was right. going to turn into this big thing. Yeah. And you know? it's actually helped me a lot in a whole bunch of ways. I mean, I've never been a shy person. I'm a former actor, so I'm pretty, you know, outgoing and whatever. But it definitely makes it like I just did this panel the other day at, for Netflix um, and the Writers Guild Foundation. And, you know, it was 300 people in the audience. I wasn't even remotely nervous, even a little bit. Yeah. I wasn't remotely. I was more nervous. But when you started, probably. There nah, really, no? You, not really. Well, no, it was, you've been moderating panels. Like, you do the oh, Writers Guild Theater stuff, oh, yeah. and that's probably a couple hundred people in there. Yeah. So. But there's something about, here's the part that I'm nervous about. I'm more nervous when there's, like, several people on the panel, and I have to make sure that I make sure that everybody mm, gets a moment. Right, right, sure, you know, sure. you've done it. Yeah, yeah. So I just did a panel last mm-hmm, week. Right. I had five guests. Mm-hmm. And I just, because I, I, I had offered, I said to the, this was the Content LA group, and Content right. London, they I usually do their things as well, but I've never really done a panel for them that was that many. And it's, okay, right. it's a lot of um, people who are coming from all sorts of parts of the world, producers and production companies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was an, a different audience, slightly different audience okay. than, than we're used to. And we were having a very deep conversation about the real stuff about, you know, getting stuff pushed through, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it was five people. And I just said, look, I just said up front, I like my panels messy. You guys just, I'm going to let right. you go. I'm going to give you the questions. And then you mm-hmm. guys talk over each other. Mm-hmm. And it was the most fun mm-hmm. and energetic because you're not expecting it to be, you know, organized in any way. And strangely enough, everybody seemed to get right. their two cents in. I think the thing that was weird for me is <clears throat> people are always surprised. Like when I do the interview, the moderating or the panels at the Writers Guild, I have nothing written down. I'm oh, just no. listening. No, right, right. You, know you mean? sit there, you watch the movie, yeah. you're in the, the mess of us, and you yeah. hop up there, and you're like, "Okay, let's have a conversation." Yeah, like right mm-hmm. now, I have nothing written down to talk to you about. <laughs> Never. No, this show is not. <laughs> now we're in trouble. It's not. It's yeah. no, it, not it, at it all. Kinda, you know, me being super type A, I'm like, ah, what's the plan? What are we doing here? And I've had to like let a lot of that shit go. <laughs> I wanted to feel like you said. I wanted to feel really organic, organic and yeah. I just wanted to feel like it's. People drop in in our conversation. Right, right. They just happen to learn about Kelly Edwards. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's, I just wanted to be more loosened because I find when I listen to panels and whatever, that's the one that draws me in is the one who tells them their stories and whatever. Right. You know what I mean? And so, veers off into weird places that yeah. you weren't expecting. Right. And everybody's yeah. just kind of rolling and building, almost like an improv situation. Yeah. Everyone just keeps building off whatever right. someone else says. Right. Yeah. And that's why we call the rant room because sometimes one of us goes off at three minutes. <laughs> I'm good. Chris Derrick, my alley. You know what I mean? Chris Derrick. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> you go on for ten minutes. I'm like, Chris, really? You see, we got a guest in here. You still talking? <laughs> so, welcome to the show, Kelly. Um, let's go ahead and just tell everybody a little bit about like where you're from and how you got into the game. Okay, so I grew up here in Benedict Canyon, mm-hmm. but um, I did spend. I was originally born in Florida. My dad was in the military. He was on the base in Pensacola. Uh, in the Marines, and then she just like us. Then I say, what? We're military. Oh uh, yeah, he was in the <laughs> Marines, and then he was in the Navy, and uh, and then we moved to D.C., which is where my mom's from when they when they divorced. Mm-hmm. But then her second husband brought her out here, um, and I I sort of have been there, been here ever since. Okay. Um, so I consider myself a Los Angelino, even okay. though you know. Yeah. I'm of the generation where nobody is really from Los Angeles. I say I'm from East Palo Alto, even though I grew, I'm born in Detroit. You yes, know what I mean? so exactly. Yeah, I right, right. Yes. 
Um, <clears throat> but you know, and what I find though too is I was talking to somebody recently about the fact that this is a company town. Yeah. And so many of the people that I went to grade school with, I am still. Mm. Yeah. I just saw Matt Lowe's. Matt Lowe's and I were in like mm-hmm. fifth grade together. Really. And uh, and I'm the guy who's my manager, Stephen Marks. Mm. I went to. Same same uh, elementary school. Uh, We were at Warner Elementary. So there's like a whole group of people that I've known Mm. since I was literally a child. Mm -hmm. But I think that also has sort of helped in the long run because when you're here and you're building those relationships early, Mm -hmm. you can sort of capitalize on them later. For sure, for sure. Um, So I grew up (laughs) here and then uh, I went to Beverly High and then I went to to college back east in Vassar, got back here. What did did you study there? Theater. So I was a theater major. Okay. So you were an actor um, at one point. I wouldn't call myself an actor. I, you know, <laughs> you can study other things. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Programs. I understand. You can yeah, study yeah. When I think of it, I think design. about it. That's yeah, yeah. All. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I was. Yeah, I was yeah. in the department management. in Beverly. You can yeah. study a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, originally, I was really wanted to be a dancer more than anything. I wanted to be a ballerina. Okay. I did not have the body for it. My thighs are too thick. My neck's too short. Like I don't have a long torso, and I have a terrible turnout and no point. But I was desperate to be. See, I I can pretend like I could do it really well though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I still to this day, if I get in an elevator and there's mm-hmm. a bar in there I will do a plie yes. every single time mm-hmm. I do yes. Yes, yes, I know, yes I know exactly what right, you're talking right. about yes I'm what, are you doing yeah. the do you do the bar classes you know I the, don't do them now no yeah. no I did maybe a couple of years the, ago it I was a whole craze the bar craze yes, right. yes. E-A-R-R-E exactly. craze mm-hmm. here in LA where right. it's like you go in somewhere and you're hey, clinging to the bar for dear life <laughs> exactly. you're squatting and plie and, 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 and um, what was it like top 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 right a beating. Oh, yeah. They're I'm working on your someone core. who's gone through basic training. You go in this bar class and they beat your <laughs> ass. Wait a minute. You actually were in basic training? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is a boss Yeah, I'm ex-Air Force. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. And okay. and for, so that people know, this Top Gun movie that's coming mm-hmm. out, I'm going to have to go underground. Really? Because I don't want to hear all this. People come. Is it? Is it? Is it accurate? Is, is this? <laughs> it, would that really happen? I, was, I don't want to answer all these questions. Leave me alone. Wow. Yeah. She's a she's a pilot too. Yeah. So I, I was, I was, yeah. My dad was a pilot. Oh really? My actually my <clears throat> uncle my uncle Charles was the first black graduate of the Air Force Academy. Really? Ever. I went to the Air Force Academy. Ever really? You're wait. He's called he was called BG one because he was a black graduate. Yes one. yes yes yes. So, and he's in that the. That was your dad. He's in, yeah, he's in, my my uncle. And he oh, was your uncle. in the. Um, He's in the African American Museum in uh, really? in DC. Okay, yeah. I just saw his picture because I was just there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I went. To, I went I to Usopp. Smile world. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There you um, go. And there's yeah. I'm oh, so lord. Impressed. Oh lord, it's brutal. Well, look at look at what you did though. That was. Yeah. No, I listen. I have no regrets. You know, I went there, and then, you know, flew for ten years um, on active duty, and. Um, yeah, as a black woman, there weren't many of us. There and was why like, are you not a pilot for like uh, Delta right now? Because I wanted to be in film and TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I did not. The opportunity to. was there for you, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, what I would have given to see you walk out of the cockpit on my <laughs> last flight. That would have been. Yeah, to see a sister. but, but <laughs> I, so you know, great. for me personally, I mean, and I, I may end up back there if my <laughs> film TV thing doesn't work out. <laughs> You may see me in a little ridiculous-looking uniform and shoes, standing there in the That'll door. Be your side hustle. <laughs> so but I just felt I just didn't have the passion to to do that type of flying. That's a very right. um, take you from A to B and uh, okay. Yeah, but you can go anywhere you want. No, you can't. You, you go can't. wherever the airline wants oh. you to go. You know. go Des Moines to Tallahassee, <laughs> and, then, and, then you, and then you have a bad landing, and you stand in the door, and some little woman's like, "I missed my connection to uh, you know." I'm like, I don't, 
Is that what I want to do? No. I'd ask that question. Yeah, yeah. And even still, like, I was, again, I was in D.C. last week, and I'm sitting in Burbank Airport, charging my phone, and I see the crew come. And I always, I always look at the crew because I'm like, are these some pilots that maybe I know from the Air Force? You right. know, I never know who I'm going to run to. I have run into them sometimes at, like, mm-hmm. LAX. And I saw this guy come off. He, he was probably in his 30s, and he was, like, the first officer. And he comes off, and he just had this look on his face. And he's like, yeah, one of the flight attendants left her sweater. She went back to get it. Like, he just seems <laughs> so sick of the shit. And hilarious. I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I always had this idea, though. Can't you retire early from that? From what? Airline? Yeah. Flying? Um, like, and, could you put in your 20 years and then go do whatever the hell you want? But then you're like 50, 60. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. I mean, no, you're, you're, no you're more thing. like 60. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I could, but I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's not in me to right. be this, to do this type of flying. And I'm, again, I might have to go back and like, you know, if this but it, film TV yeah. thing doesn't it, it work out. It came in handy. Your first job was on Army Wives. Mm-hmm. It worked out for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you let's I mean? make sure it works out. Yeah, we're trying. Okay, yes. then. Yeah. Well, right. now you got a cousin. So you I know. Right. I know. Because your uncle was one of the first <laughs> black graduates. That's right. The, the yeah. Colorado School for Boys, as we call it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's interred there, which is, I think, oh, my God. unusual. Yes. Yeah. So. Anyway. Oh, man. That's crazy. We come from good stock. Um, anyway, I got out of college, came, uh, got back into, uh, I wanted to be in the showbiz. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I really wanted to do. And In the showbiz. In the showbiz. In the and showbiz. I got, and I had a series of, you know, assistant jobs, mm-hmm. working my way through, and every single job that I had was a hookup from a friend who, yeah. you know, connected me to somebody else, and I wound my way through, you know, um, management uh, for, honestly, a month, working for Dolores Robinson, mm-hmm. and then casting, and then I ended up as a writer's assistant. And that's when I knew, because I had been writing for myself, mm-hmm. you know, short stories and plays during college, but I really knew that then that I wanted to do something in, in the writing sphere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I worked for, for these guys for on and off for about two years, and we had a show on the air, we did some pilots, we were in development, and I was getting a really great education in writing, mm-hmm. and what's funny, and why is it funny, mm-hmm. and... Um, just the construct of, of things. Did you were going to stand-up shows? You was doing all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was right? doing a lot of, but that was that <clears> sort of came a little bit after that, okay. which is, you know, my 20s were spent, really, you know, uh, I had a group of friends, and every single night we had a different spot mm. in town. So it was like Tuesday nights was Trader okay. Vicks, I think mm-hmm. it was called Trader Vicks. Um, <clears throat> Q's was Wednesday night. Like, every we were going around. But then there was also this whole period right after that, after I Stop the boozing. Um, where I was, oh dear. Where I was, oh dear. Where I was at I go, comedy wait a minute. club. What about wait, that? Wait, yeah. that? Where, yeah. Where's this girl? It was a lot of fun. Um, but then I went through this whole. And I was at at stand up comedy clubs because all of my buddies at the time were connected to or were stand ups. Okay. And I had this group. I can't say I had this group. I was part of a group of stand ups and writers who got together every single Saturday for 10 years, mm. uh, we called it the breakfast group, and um, and we did it at 4 and 20 in the Valley. Okay. And we were just always together, and you know there were just a ton of them, like Kathy Griffin was in it, and um, uh, Rob Cohen, and uh, Jay Kogan, mm-hmm. and um, just like a whole lot of people, Gene Garofalo, mm-hmm. so people would sort of drop in and out, David Cross, oh, wow. and we were just sort of All always. All names now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at the time, Andy Kindler, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was just sort of going from, club to club and so mm. I knew a lot of those people 
But I, by that time, I had sort of veered into, you know, there wasn't a place for me in the writer's room, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we had, I was on a show working as a, um, a writer's assistant um, on a show that had two Latino leads. There were, mm-hmm. It was an all-white writer's room. And I found that there just wasn't a place for me. I was looking around town and going, well, whose career do I want to emulate? And I did yeah. not see it out there. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can do the other thing which I do really well, which is give notes. And I had been, mm-hmm. at the same time, doing a lot of coverage for New Line and, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of other companies. And so mm-hmm. my notes were really strong. Because at Vassar, I was also, I was gonna double major in English. So mm-hmm. I, I had sort of worked on <laughs> two tracks and, um, and I felt like I understood story and I understood character and I understood a lot of that. Okay. And, uh, and it, it actually helped me supplement a lot of the income that I wasn't getting, mm-hmm. you know, working mm-hmm. as a writer's assistant. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, I ended up uh, working, I think it was at Disney at the time when uh, working in the feature department. This is back in, uh, gosh, it must have been mid, uh, late 80s maybe, late 80s. Somewhere I was um, working for a couple of um, creative executives on the feature side um, and found out that two doors down from me was one of my good friends from high school. Mm. She'd actually been my high school nemesis. We were friends. <laughs> but then we, we reconnected and we reconnected in a way that we're still now best friends. I, like, oh. I'm, I still talk to her all the time. So she was working for Laura's Maturity does that to you. Yeah. you, know, you I get just have, but I kind of wanted to see the conversation they had. Yeah. <laughs> so you were in high school. Exactly. You, you pulled my hair. You a bagel at me in the cafeteria. <laughs> no, it was more of her boys. There was a boy. Uh, how, a boy wow. Okay. We were vying for the same boy. Yes. Um, but anyway, she, she was working for Laura Ziskin. They were mm-hmm. going off to do a new uh, deal at Sony. Mm-hmm. And she said, do you want to come along? And so I went and worked for a woman named Leslie Morgan, who was working for Laura Ziskin at the time. And we were there at Sony for a couple of years. And then and she actually, this girl, Blair Richwood, who's a phenomenal, um, I'm going to call her script doctor. Okay. Um, and on the feature side, she actually said, uh, she vied, um, what do you call it, um, vouched for me, I guess, mm-hmm. um, promoted me um, to Laura and said she needs to get her, you know, her executive stripes. Will you make her story editor? Mm-hmm. I ended up getting story editor credit there. And then Hold on, can, you, can you tell everybody what the story editor is in, the, in that? In the feature side? In, in yeah, because yeah, it's very different. Because it's TV. very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it was really just it's the first it was the first rung on the executive ladder. Mm-hmm. You know, they they now I think you would probably call it a CE, a creative executive uh, or, you know, I think that's sort of akin to a manager. I was about to say it's like a manager probably. In manager TV level, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just that first rung. It was mm-hmm. the first. And I, it was just that I was reading a lot of the material and doing a lot of the coverage and, and keeping those, keeping tracks of those, the scripts that came in and right. that did we did we pass, did we, you know, okay. bring the people in for a, for a meeting. <clears throat> and then from there, Blair was leaving to go work for Gary Marshall, who she mm. had worked for as an assistant years before. And she said, well, I'm going to take you with me. So we together went to Gary Marshall's company, mm. and he had a deal over at Disney um, under his Henderson Productions banner, and we went to work for him and brought him a lot of produ- uh, you know, scripts and, and, and whatnot. Right. And then ultimately... You, you can't help but learn over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was such a... She was, he's a fascinating person because he had this... Um, you know, everybody thought of him as sort of this doddering old fool, which <laughs> which was so manufactured because Hashtag he was genius. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, and I do remember, I remember my interview with him. We were at, an, uh, and I can't remember the, the name of it. It was like an old studio commissary, I think. And, and I sat down. He looked at my resume for literally maybe five seconds. Hmm. 
scanned it and then set it aside mm-hmm. and s- grilled me about every single thing that was on there. So I was like, wow. oh, that was oh, my wow. first Photographic that memory or something. He, didn't, he was not at hmm. all what he appeared to be. Interesting. And just lovely man, just really, mm-hmm. really, um, really sweet. <clears throat> so we worked there for two years. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up uh, going back into television. But again, it was it was a... It was not a an easy transition back to TV. Um, I had found that at the time that I was working for Gary and we were he, we were starting to shatter the the company because mm-hmm. uh, he really wanted to be a director for hire at that point. Um, I was interviewing around town and I was finding that the doors just seemed to be so closed, like maybe mm. like edged open just a little bit. But right. every time I went up for a job, I would get. Hey, you were the number one candidate, but we went with mm-hmm. someone's nephew, right. cousin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was it was it was almost like a joke. Mm-hmm. And I thought this can't really it can't is this how really it is be true, right? Yeah, yeah. Is this what this place it is was, doing right. all the time? Yes. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was fed up, and I was done, and I was heartbroken mm-hmm. because I really wanted to work in this industry. And so I, you went to Vassar, and them fools didn't go to Vassar. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, but I think it was, it yeah, was know, just so, so... It's hard. It was it's, really it's, hard. It's a lot of nepotism yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. And so I decided then that I was going to become an eighth grade English teacher. Really? Because I remembered the time in eighth grade, reading the books of eighth grade and thinking I was sort of unlocked at that age. Mm. I was 13 years old and I was yeah, like, Yeah, I say 12, wanted, 13 is yeah. when you, yeah. Where the I was music like, you listen ah. to, the way you dress, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <clears> and so I was, I really thought, well... Let me just go back and do that because this is too hard. Mm. And I cannot survive in this if it's going to be. I can't make a living. Mm-hmm. So um, I was about to, to I had taken my C-Best. Mm. I, I had filled out my application. I had, by this time, I had interviewed for this job at Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy said I wasn't going to get it. I was told that the other guy had already accepted the offer. Mm. I was about to take my, <laughs> my little um, envelope down to the post, the the little post office box, whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. you know, little, what are they called? You know. Kids post- don't know what that is today. Yeah, the, <laughs> mailbox. Uh, mailbox, yeah. It's going to go do that. It's going to go do that thing and that thing and put that in the blue little thing. And, uh, and I got a call. Hmm. Um, and it was Fox saying, well, it didn't work out with the other guy. It's, it's hmm. your, the job, George, if you want it. Interesting. So I got into Fox and because I'd had all of those many, many nights club visits with mm-hmm. you know with the comics i i got it was the perfect fit for me because they were starting to do a lot of deals at the time if you remember right. that was like the time of roseanne was coming up and mm-hmm. cosby had hit and everybody was getting a deal um if they had a good you know right. tight 15 minutes and a point of view <laughs> exactly. you got a deal so <laughs> it really was the the launching pad and then i stayed there for about five and a half years and then moved over to UPN and ran UPN for four years. Mm-hmm. With, and then, Tom, with Tom Noonan. With Tom I Noonan. Know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Taught at UCLA when I was there. Yeah, and I yeah. loved his class. And he, uh, I was like, dude, you were a studio and network head? Like what? Yes. <laughs> he was really, really brilliant. He oh, ki- yeah. kicked my ass on the day, daily, mm-hmm. on the daily. It was. He just, told me I was intense. He stopped me in the hallway one time. He, no, he told me oh, I was yeah. intense. Oh, you were intense? <laughs> He's like, something about you, you just seem really intense. I was wow. like, wow. And for him to say that, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, yeah. yeah. I adore him, he's, he's great. But it was really, it was really tough. And I think that working with him had really sort of upped my game mm. and made me, you know, be, you know, bionic, mm-hmm. better, faster, whatever. Stronger. Stronger, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, and it was a really great training ground for me. And then I realized when I was at UPN that, and I was probably 
four, nearing 40, maybe 39 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the future of, um, of my career and realizing mm-hmm. that not everybody can retire from network. Like it's very, very rare, right. especially a woman of color. You get cycled out of this business pretty mm-hmm. darn quick. And I thought, well, let me learn a new trick I've never sold before. Let me go sell okay. and learn how to sell. Now, the problem was at the time, all the best sellers were leaving the places where I felt like I could have gone. Uh-huh. So Les Moonves was was known, renowned for you know being a great salesman mm-hmm. over at Warner Brothers. He moved <clears throat> to CBS. Peter Roth had left um, 20th. He was, I think, at Fox at the time, but he was going to go to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, Feldheimer was gone. Like Eric Tannenbaum was gone to go producing. Hold on, and hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all hear her name and all that? Because you got to know those people when you're in this business. You got to know who's who, who's the buyer, who's the seller. You know what I mean? When you're in that. Right, all right, yeah, exactly. So who, who yeah. are the heads of networks? Yeah. Right, yeah. all right. So I was looking for, well, who am I going to be able to learn from? Mm-hmm. Because selling is such a very, very grueling thing. Right. And there happened to be a, an a, executive producer named Jonathan Axelrod who had been paired up with Jamie Widows. They'd sold a bunch of shows. Dave's World was their biggest hit. Okay. Um, and at the time, now again, these are this is all ancient history, but mm-hmm. at the time it was like, it, those were big deal names and they'd it'd been on CBS for years. And I, um, and every time I had met him when he came in for a meeting, I just, we laughed so hard. He got mm-hmm. me, I got him. We mm-hmm. just had a great relationship. And he invited me to come partner up with him. So we partnered up for about six and a half years mm. together at, under a deal at Paramount. We got a show on the air. But it was a crash course in here's how to sell. Mm. And I've told the story before, but Jonathan tell it, tell it. Jonathan has had this way of selling things that didn't even exist. <laughs> so he would come back to the office and go, hey, I just sold something to CBS. And I said, well, what did you sell? He goes, mm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, so and I was like, so, so no one had written it. No one had done like a pitch Nothing. deck. Nothing. It wasn't. Really, it was just like an like idea a soft with pitch like or a yeah, long that's line. Right. Yeah. And he went and yeah, I got, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Got it. Got and it. I was I just, it. I was floored by that, but I learned so much about it. But what I brought to the party, because he had relationships at the top of the house, right? He didn't necessarily know the people that I knew at my level who mm-hmm. could, were really the people who could get you in. Right. Like you can't go to pitch less Moonves. You can't go to the top of the house and just you know, mm-hmm. you know, pitch mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. on the daily. So we ended up going in with this t- double tier of he knew all these people at the top, I knew all these people at the middle, mm-hmm. and and then I had came with a whole new crop of writers that I had brought from all of the work that I had right. done. So I I think we complimented each other Fox, really really well. The yeah, comedy yeah. clubs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he was old school Hollywood, so his parents were old theater film people. His mm-hmm. stepfather, jo- uh, George Axelrod, wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's oh, and right. Manchurian Candidate and nice. Seven Year Itch. So mm. he came from this sort of Hollywood mm-hmm. legacy and would Definitely. tell these stories about how Chewing Capote used to come over for dinner and Marilyn Monroe <laughs> used to be his babysitter. And it's like wow. all this like weird... We had very different experiences, right, and I'm like, right. I'm just trying to pay Sounds my like rent. like a Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. So, uh, but it was a really great um, relationship, um, and it really taught me quite a bit of, you know, how to maneuver and how to sell something, which... By the I, way, this I is love. when you didn't have to have a whole visual deck to sell it. Yes. Right? No. Exactly. My man went in with nothing. He just had <gasps> a hook and an idea right. and, exactly. and persuasion. Mm-hmm. But also, I remember back 
in those days too, people used to get 13 episode commitments right. or script commitments. You know, when I walked away from UPN, I walked away with a script commitment. So there's, mm-hmm. it was a different time. You could also, you know, buy in the room where mm-hmm. people can't, people now you have to go up the food chain, yeah. three and four levels. And, and then they want you, insane. after they buy the script, they still want you, well, we like your pilot, but write three episodes that come yes. out. <laughs> exactly. And here are a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. And it's like at the time, you would buy the piece and mm-hmm. then you would do the notes. I've never done more notes just to even get to mm. the pitch place. And I actually, I'll Believe tell me, this. I was this, in development hell for the last three years with five different companies. Yeah, so, right, yes, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And you just Understood. go, it, you just want to jump out of window. I had a pitch. I'm not going to name the, the network, but I had a pitch with a big name producer mm-hmm. attached to this pitch and it, based on a script that I'd written that they loved, right, already. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we want to make it a two-hander. Mm. Instead of a one-hander, let's make it a single lead, let's make it a two-hander. And I was like, okay, great. So we worked on the pitch, mm-hmm. and then we pitched it to the network. Mm-hmm. And it was three people in the room. And at the <coughs> end of the pitch, the gal who was in charge of the, I guess, the project said, okay, so when you come back to pitch. Oh. And the producer went. What? <laughs> what did we just do here? We just pitched. <laughs> we just pitched it. You know, that was what rehearsal. We, yeah, I think, yes, essentially that they wanted no, to us to come no, back and do no, it again. No, yes. no, no, no. And yes. I was like, I can't do it. I'm done. I right. like, I run out of juice. Right. And at the time, I was getting onto uh, our kind of people, so I, I don't think I I would have had the time anyway. But mm-hmm. it was so 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 frustrating mm-hmm. when they've already seemed to like the package and the momentum the pre-pitch the, to the pitch right i was I've getting notes them. on that i know exactly pre-pitch. what you're talking about yeah I know exactly what you're talking about yeah because everyone's kind of living in a more fearful space right like, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm afraid and, that, Dad, and i don't want to you know i've got to make sure sure mm-hmm. right. yeah but i also think it's a lot easier for people to pass on zoom than it yeah. was in the room oh yeah mm. When you're vibing with somebody mm-hmm. in the room and there's this certain energy and mm-hmm. you know that you're getting it through and then I just find that there's just there's there's this distance. Mm-hmm. It's my screen, it's your screen, it's all this distance between us. We're in these little tiny boxes and I think people just don't and I also think there's a there's I here's the thing. I have this prediction. I don't check me if you think I'm wrong, but I think that the next great commodity in in entertainment mm-hmm. is going to be the executive. Mm. Oh. I think that we don't have. I'm not going to say we don't have. I think it's rare to find someone who is so good at their job that they are batting a thousand, right? Mm. And yet, if you think back on the Brandon Tartakovs of the world, mm-hmm. the Warren Littlefields of the world, the people oh, who were mm-hmm. well, well, but the people who really seem to have a finger on the pulse of what America, and now it's America and the world, Mm -hmm. but what people want to see. And I think whoever gets it right most of the time Mm -hmm. is going to be the winner. Mm. Because I think if if you look around right now, it's, it's, everyone's viewing is so fractured, right? Mm -hmm. So I watch maybe one, two shows on, Mm on Paramount Plus and a couple shows mm-hmm. on Apple but HBO I'm not Max watching and, everything yeah, right. on one no. place Good point. Good point. especially yeah. in the way that <laughs> Netflix had dominated a couple years ago mm-hmm. Netflix no longer dominates I may watch a movie on Netflix yeah. I'm well, not watching I'm totally or you may unsubscribe from I'm Netflix I'm totally correct. stopped correct I've totally stopped yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and you have to really be drawn now mm-hmm. they don't dominate so I do think that whoever is the person who is delivering the most the best curated content mm-hmm is going to be very, very sought after. Right. So watch, because I have a feeling that's coming. Okay. I think that's possible. 
However, I mean, there was a tweet about this this week, and it prompted a lot of discussion about the current state of executives. Mm. And in general, and I, I don't know whether I agree or disagree with the point, but it, the point was this. The current executives that are out here, younger, right? Um, they seem to have a different mindset. They don't really have the mindset of like, let me find this, let me find a, a voice, a writer, a director, where they come to me with a project, whether it's a script, it's a film, and it's not totally there yet, but it's, there's something about it that hooks me, there's something about it that grabs me. I think this is good. Let me, let me sort of work with you and develop it and, mm-hmm. and sort of get it to where it's 100% perfect. <clears throat> the example that was given in the, in the thread was Unforgiven. I forget the name of the writer of Unforgiven, I should know. But when it was first, when some development exec first saw it, it wasn't quite, all the pieces weren't quite there, but you still had. Now, which Woods Unforgiven? Um, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Oh, the movie. Yeah, the, oh, mo- yeah. the movie, yeah. Okay. okay and okay. some exec was like, it's not, it's not totally, you know, it's not totally here yet, and the, and the side character's not, not working, you know. But they work with the writer to David, get it to where David Webb Peoples. David mm. Webb Peoples yeah. worked the exec worked with him to get it to where it was. Even changed the title of it mm-hmm. to where it was Unforgiven. And to me, I think that might be a dying art nowadays because because some of these execs they want you to come in. Not all of them, but some want you to come in with hundred percent perfect script, director attached. A-list actors oh, attached, yeah. and then we don't. Then then that's less work for them to do, and they can just sort of put a bow on it and then push it up the chain. True. So what you're saying is doable, but I feel like the current execs that are out here right now, I don't know if they can do that. But I think you have to parse that out from, that was, what, 30, 40 years Mm -hmm, ago, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And I think also, whatever the guild things are, or who knows what that relationship was with that executive, and I don't know if that person was getting paid, if David was getting paid for it, Mm. or not getting paid for his revisions, how deep of it you know, they were going to go. Because I do remember on the feature side, you we would love something for 20 years. Mm. Like the hero script that, that um, Laura Ziskin did that ended up being the Dustin Hoffman movie was something that was in, in the works for 20 years. Right. So I think right. that there was a, there's a different thing that goes on on the feature side where you do multiple, multiple drafts. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of, usually there's a lot of changeover, but if you if it's bought, but you can do that. You can just keep it going on the films and the feature. TV side. side. And this is what I learned when I got to Fox that I was so completely confounded about was you would have your slate of, let's say, at the time we did anywhere from 65 to 85 scripts a year were going into development. And if they didn't move forward, you threw them out and you started all new Mm. the next year. You never went back to a script and Mm. went, let's do this hold it over until never happened cycle it was just it was just you just cut it loose and i i thought well but i that makes i love this thing why Mm -hmm. don't you keep it going i didn't understand it but i do think that yeah if you can find somebody who's in your corner who's willing to work and fight for a project as opposed to like does it have is it does it check all these boxes if it doesn't check all these boxes Mm -hmm. then i'm moving on to the next thing Right. right and the attention spans are shorter oh yeah with this younger generation of execs it just is yeah so for sure it's we're gonna have to deal with this. So, yeah. so let's talk about let's let's get to your book. Yes, um, the executive chair. The executive chair. Um, what made you finally decide to go ahead and, and, and write it in the first place? And um, there's so many elements in the book that we could talk about that mm. it's just nothing but game for mm-hmm. folks. And, and it's I can a tell very you, easy read. <clears throat> so Thank simple. You. Yeah. yeah. Again, being, you being a pro form executive, you know how to present things in a manner that's digestible. Mm-hmm. Reader friendly. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, for example, the reason I ask this is, is 
I've been asked to write a book several times. And I'll never forget this publisher hit me up three or four years ago. And they were like, hey, you know, we listened to the show. You think you have an interesting perspective and blah, blah, blah. If you were to write something, what would it be? And I said, oh, that's easy. She said, what would you do? And I said, I'd do something on surviving Hollywood over 40. And she's Ooh. like, hmm, I love it. Well, bitch, I didn't get to it. So, <laughs> and so, but it's still in my head sure. of something that I would do from my perspective, right. you know. And so I'm always curious of like, what was the the thing for you that that was like, you know what, there's something here. Well, you know it's I mean? it sort of popped out of nowhere. Okay. And yet, and yet it had been fermenting for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to a lot of panels right. and done mm-hmm. a lot of talks and I kept getting the same questions over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very similar no matter where I was. Right. And I thought, why is no one telling anybody this? Like we know it as executives, it's, right. it's not brain surgery. Why don't we share all that information so that everybody's a little bit farther, more prepared yeah. than they were a minute ago. So I had really been noodling and throwing a couple of ideas down on my computer for a while, but the big answer, and I'm gonna give you a tiny little bit of a story of, of, the, of the explosion that happened in my life when, in 2015, okay. which is when I decided to file for divorce and decided really at that point that, um, or I, I should say the epiphany was that I'd been living a very small life. Mm. I thought I had been living a big life. Right. I thought, oh, I'm this activist. Oh, I, you know, I, in <laughs> right. theory. And you're you working know, at Fox, you're working at UPN, and you're thinking, and yeah, yeah. 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 And by that I'm time, the from the, the outside, people say, she's living a big life. Oh, yeah, right, sure. right. Yeah. And I had just, I had left NBC Universal where I had been um, a, a, develop, a d- diversity executive, and then I ended up going to HBO. So I was at HBO at the time. Um, I was write, running the writers and directors programs. We were mm-hmm. doing all this great stuff, pushing people's careers forward. And Decided to file for divorce, and then the the next year, 2016, hmm. was my year of yes. And I said yes to everything. Like the I Shonda Rhimes book. I said I'm yep. going to do say yes, no matter how crazy it is. <laughs> and that year, I ended up on six different continents. I got a tattoo. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> I'm, I'm boy. I met the Dalai Lama in India. Yeah. Had lunch with him, and then and I also did ayahuasca twice. Wow! And I just decided that I was done. I had, I love for this. some that reason in my head thought, that's a movie, wait. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's right. a movie you right there. Ultimately, that, that was what- A person that, of color, we ain't never seen it that yet. Was that was right. that, I yes. did it, that was the script that I had pitched to that network that okay. they had loved. I called it 50 by 50. It was about a, a, a woman oh who, my God. Who, yes. who found the 50 things that she had written down at 15 that she that's never good. did it's, and she it's was a winner. 50. That was good. So I, I just realized that my life had- I said to myself, why had, why had I allowed myself to be so small? Mm. Why had I allowed myself not to pursue the dream of that 15-year-old girl mm-hmm. or that 13-year-old girl who was sitting in that English class and wanted to write so, so desperately? Why had I decided to, that that dream was not for me? Mm. That I was okay not doing that and, do it, and pouring myself into everything else and everybody right. else and not doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Now, by this time, I'd been writing for 30 years just to myself. You know, mm. it'd, been, it'd been my little secret. I would write my short stories or my whatever, my plays or whatever, and I never showed anybody. I have mm. a, I have just baskets and baskets worth of, <laughs> of, of stuff mm-hmm. and floppy disks of, you know, <laughs> con- what? Yeah, yeah. A what? Right. <laughs> right. So I just decided, let me just take, let me just try to expand my thinking mm-hmm. and, and be the girl that I wanted to be right. 
before, you know, before mm-hmm. I decided that, no, let me be the wife and the mother and the, you know, the one who brought home the bacon for the mortgage. I, I love that. that. Be the girl I wanted to be. Right. Oh, my God. So it started That's everything whole, right there. Right. It started yeah. this That's whole the mantra. transformation. And the transformation just sort of kept going. And that year of yes turned into three years of yes. Wow. I ended up blogging about the fact that I gave up my my car and mm-hmm. was taking public transportation. That was in the book as well. Yeah. And, and so I just decided to live more freely and out loud mm. than I had before. And one of the things that I did was decide to go back and get my MFA. And during the MFA process, um, I got into Sundance. And Sundance was the moment of, of just pure transformation for me where mm. I was being talked to as a writer mm. for the first time. Right. And, and I had sort of perked up every time somebody had used used to say, "Oh, you're a creative." I would just I would just brighten a little bit, you so, know, in a, in a meeting. I would just brighten a little bit, and I thought, "Well, what is that? Hmm. What's that little thing that's sort of burning in my chest that's not fulfilled?" Were you in the Sundance Episodic Lab? <laughs> yeah, or which yeah. Sund- okay, yeah. got it, got it. And it was great. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much cried the the whole three or four days <laughs> the whole time because I was like, "It was." Well, a you're really- in Utah. You're in Utah, yeah, and it's beautiful, yeah. and the yeah. scenery and the air is clean yeah. right. out there. Yes. I was also. In it with Graham Yost. Graham Yost oh, yeah, was there, right. and I was like, really? I've watched Speed mm-hmm. probably 500,000 times, mm-hmm. like, honestly. And I told him that very last day, and I was sobbing. I was like, I just love your movie. <laughs> so, so I, but it was like that that kind of, there's, why, there's no restrictions. And I think you also get to a place when you're over 50 where you just go, I know enough stuff mm-hmm. that I'm never going to be out of work. If I need to, I can always go work someplace. I can do something. And I, and you start to take away the fear of you'll never work in this town again. Mm-hmm. Oh my can God! I mm-hmm. Can I interrupt you on something? So, I don't know if I told you this, Linnell, and and Tracy Grant just walked in. What's up, Tracy? What's up? Very happy to be here. Pleasure to meet Miss Kelly Edwards. I'm just crashing because this guest is a real inspiration to me. So sorry Indeed. to interrupt. Aww, that's nice. Thank um, you, Tracy. <clears throat> and the the reason the reason I wanted to. Um, Oh, that's not. So, so here's what I want to say. So my producing partner told me something recently about a mm, year and a half ago that brought me to, you ever had those moments that bring you to those uh, right. tears? I was full on bawling like a little baby. We were, we were in the development room. We were working on a project. And she said, and I, was, I said something about, you know, you know, I'm still trying to figure out, do I want to go back to staffing? And do I want to keep doing this development thing? And I'm freaking sick and tired of it, blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me, she says, so you mad you ain't working? And I said, well, yeah. She says, that's your fault. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean that's my fault? Wow. She said, Hilliard, you know everybody. If I knew the people you knew, I would mm. be working. Right. And I, it hit me like a, boom. we talk about this all the time. Don't we? And I was like, and I lost it. Because I was like, she's right. Like, I don't use my superpower. Right. You know what I mean? Superpower. Yes. Okay, let me tell you about ahead, superpower. That year of 2016, because mm-hmm. I love that word so much. That year of 2016, one of the things that I did was I saw Hamilton. This was August of 2016. It was one of the first shows. They were just, it was, I mean, it had gone done to the public, but this mm-hmm. was the first time. That's I saw when it Broadway. started getting popular. Yes. yes. <clears throat> and I sat in that theater and I cried at the end yes. because I thought, if that's his superpower, what's mine? And why am I content not to use it? Mm. And that's, I think, that sort of thing that you just mm-hmm. go, I have a I I think I might have two superpowers a little okay. bit. I do think that like you, it's let's get everybody here. Let's get right. everybody through the gate. Right. 
Um, and I'm not afraid to use my connections, right, to help other people push through. Mm-hmm. Um, but imagine got, if you did that for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. But I think it is. It's hard. It's sometimes hard to do it for yourself. It's hard to ask. It's hard. It just it makes you feel like you're you're needy or you need you know you're you're <laughs> and someone's you're, you're not enough. You're yeah. not enough. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more for me that it's the what if they say no? You know, I do know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But what if that? What if they don't love my material? Like I know a lot of people do, but mm-hmm. what if my friends don't? And love then you're it? putting in a spot where they have to say, "I didn't love your right, material." Right, right. It's awkward, <laughs> and then the friendship <laughs> yeah. is like. But here's yeah. a here's the thing, Tracy and I know we and Linnell know we talked about this many times. I think it's okay. Here's what I had to accept. Now, yes, I know all these showrunners and all these people, and I was like, "Don't waste your time on somebody." Like I'm not writing, you know, a three camera show. Like it's not in sure. my. No, I don't think like that. Not in my I'm either. much more darker, mm-hmm. right? But if I know you and you're staffing a show that I know I could do and I have a strong-ass sample that I right. know would benefit you and I'd bring some value, that's the person you say something to. That's true. You see what I mean? And I wasn't even doing that. I was going, oh, you know, they're staffing the show. Oh, cool, dude. That's awesome. Right, right. And I'm going, stop that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stop the shit. So that's that was the turn for me. I had to change my mentality and change my perception. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to say something, Trace? Well, just very simply, you know, closed mouth, don't get fed. Right. Mm. And we got to put our egos to the side sometimes, put our pride to the side. Themes that we've discussed many times on this podcast, but you have to have, you have, to have agency <clears throat> for yourself. It's very cliche when you hear yourself say it, like no one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's not coming through the door. <laughs> Proceed as if no one is going to help you because no one really owes you anything. Certainly not in the business. Right. People don't really even have to be nice to you right. if they don't want to. And so when you get that grace, that's really gravy. But at the same time, you have to hone your craft. You have to work. As Kelly has discussed, she didn't just sit around wishing and hoping. She had a touch of scripts and sure. plays. She'd been writing for 30 years. She was yeah. working the entire time to be that overnight success that we always talk about. <laughs> so, you know, it's about action and you have to, you can have your moment to be frustrated and vent and, but you can't, you, you can't wallow in those those rejections, those right. hits, you got to figure out a way to take that and continue to move forward. So we were, well, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, well, two <clears throat> things. Uh, well, it's about like, I've been knocked down the canvas. How quickly can I get up? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of staying down there drooling and looking a mess. I want to say something specifically about your book because even go this ahead. week as I was reading it, I was like, I can do that because you had a strategy in there. One of the things we always talk about is how do, how do we keep in touch with execs? Mm-hmm. We've had the general meeting, they've read our material, but then... You know, uh, how, do, how do I not bug them? How do I not be annoying? Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about, okay, well, you know, because I keep a, a like a spreadsheet yeah. of meetings I've had and execs, you know, that I know. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at it. I was like, wait a minute. I haven't talked to a certain exec at Warner Brothers in forever. Let me. So I emailed him. I just said, I read it in the book. I was like, let me just email him just and, just, <laughs> and not bug him. Just be like, hey, I'm checking to see if you're still at Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he, the email bounced back. I'm like, oh, he's not there anymore. So mm. then I go to LinkedIn, send a message there. And then I was like, no, I'm friends with him on Facebook. What are I doing? Right. So I right, messaged right. him on Facebook. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm at this new production company. And then I saw the production company's mantra was like, 
high concept genre with heart. And I was like, <laughs> That's bro. you. I was like, bro, I might have something for you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we'll connect. Like, you know, when, yes. I'm ba- when I'm back in town or whatever. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, just this week. Just by like taking that action, having yeah. some agency and being like, you know what? If the email bounces back, track the guy down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might look like a little bit of a stalker. I don't know. No, no, no. But, but I, I'll, let me say two things. Number one, Tracy, what you just said about uh, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. I do think that if someone I knew, and I've said this to other people too, mm-hmm. if someone I knew was in need of something from me and they didn't come to me, like let's just say you are... You want a job from me, and you don't, and you sit in the, and you lay in the cut. You don't, you don't say anything to me. I would feel remiss. I would feel terrible that you didn't feel comfortable mm. enough to come to me okay. and and ask for that and to say, hey, look, this is what I, I would, I would love to, you to, you know, to, I would love to be a part of this project or whatever it is. So I do think that people, we all feel like we are imposing, but yeah. we are not imposing. Yes, that's right. We, and by the way, this is a, a, a mm-hmm. whole thing. Everyone's looking for content. Everyone yeah. wants relationships. It is a mutual ecosystem of, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever you call it. It's, mm-hmm. We all feed each other. And then I would say to you, Linnell, that, that, that when you talk about people reaching <coughs> out or not reaching out, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I have a spreadsheet and I go, and I often, when, when someone c- occurs to me, even if we don't have anything, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I have no needs. They have no needs. I just go, hey, I was thinking about you. Yes. Like I call people all the time. Yes. And I just go, I just want to check in on you. Say, hey. Yes. And when you do that and you don't want anything, then when you do want something, it's a relationship that you can work off Right. Of. But you'll be surprised at how many people don't do that. How many people I've given well, my f- email to at a conference mm-hmm. and not a single Never person follow through. Well, follows through. Well, okay, oh, yeah. I, I, I another example. I had a general with this exec at a company that more does sports things, mm-hmm. right? And I ended up seeing one of their documentaries, a thing on Tom Brady, which mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about football. <laughs> I don't follow, I was like, I don't know nothing about Patriots. Yeah. I don't follow it. I'm, I'm a tennis person. Yeah. I, know I was about to say, if this is all, Serena and Venus, all it should be I on. Know, all I know is I sat, I was like, let me watch one episode of this, whatever. It's called Man the Arena. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Right. I was Hooked. Really? That man is a warrior. Mm. I, he's my new spirit animal. His work <laughs> ethic, everything, everything about him. I'm watching this. I'm like, am I, I we're work- not allowed to say that anymore? What? Just if you're gonna follow spirit the PC animal? police? Oh, right, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry if I offend anymore. But I mean, he is like on the. I got to picture him on the wall now. Mm-hmm. Like, am I working as hard on my screenwriting career as Tom oh, Brady's working wow. to defy? Yeah. Are you working Tom Brady hard? No, you're not. Get right. back at it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I know exactly I, I just, that's, he's my messiah, if you will. <laughs> so, but then I, I emailed the exec at that company. I was like, "Girl, I don't know them about football. I just love thing about Tom Brady. I'm obsessed with him. Now I'm listening to the podcast about Tom Brady. I hear he's coming out of retirement. Like y'all did the thing with the show." Yeah, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is so nice to hear this. It wasn't a project that mm-hmm. I had anything to do with. It was it was um, documentaries. It right. wasn't right. scripted. But I just said this was amazing that y'all did this. Yeah. And now she's moved someplace else, and I, she has hit me up and said, "I'm you know." Along, you know, I'm, it's BCC, and so I'm one of hundreds of people she probably right. sent this to. But like, she let me know, hey, I'm on her list, though. I'm on hey, her list. Yeah. I moved somewhere else, and then she tells me she's like, yeah, we're open to this and this and this. I was like, okay, I might have something for you. When it's ready, I'll send it to you. Right. That's good. And right. I'm just like, wow, what? I need to do. I was like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. So Tracy, we were we were getting into the book as you're mm. starting to hear. She was telling us the origin story of how she came up, and then we're starting to talk about some of the elements that are in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, by the way, when you said you haven't written your book yet, Mm -hmm. you know, if you just wrote one page a day 
in 365 days. <laughs> one page. Yeah. One paragraph write a day. It, write it when you're on your your bike or whatever, like your little Peloton. Or yeah. Whatever you'd have a, you'd have a whole book in here. Um, so I was I was at HBO. I had had decided <clears throat> top of 2020 that I was gonna do the writing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they offered me a promotion. I turned it down. And I said I'm just gonna do the writing thing. And then I cycled out of there mid July, and. At this, by this time earlier that year, I had been talking to this. I've been doing, you know, like like we all do, mm-hmm. these little mentoring things, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it for a couple, for a group called the Rockabilly Retreat. And I met a woman who said, "You, there's a book in you. I've written a book for these publishers. Can I have them call you?" Mm-hmm. And they asked for a sample chapter, whatever the hardest chapter that I would write, and the, and a and a table of contents. And I sent it to them in a week and. The literally the week the uh, week to the day mm. that following Thursday, they called me up and they said you have a book deal. And I think, mm. as I think, um, I do believe in manifesting mm. your future. Right. And often I will go outside, and I will yell to the universe, <laughs> "This is what I'm wanting." I got you on videotape doing it too. <laughs> I, I I will do that. And by the way, the very first time it happened to me, it was. When I was working at NBC, uh, no, it was my production company with Jonathan Axelrod, mm-hmm. and we were shuttering that company. And I said, for no apparent reason, out into the universe, um, I want to. I don't know where I'm going, but I want to utilize all the skills that I've had in the past mm-hmm. in a new way because I was really tired with yeah. pr- producing at that point. And I said, I want to work with great people that I and you know do do the things that I love and and help people you know move forward. Yeah. And then that was a Monday, and then Tuesday I got a. a an offer to go meet on Thursday for a job in diversity. Mm. And then I got that job with, within an hour of leaving that office. Mm. But I do that thing where you go, and I do, I do it very um, openly. So I wouldn't say necessarily I want to work for a particular show. Right. But right. I would say I want to work with great people, you know, be acknowledged for the work that I do mm-hmm. or whatever it is, do great work um, in a, in a um, loving environment, maybe right. it was, uh, maybe get paid from what I was, but I usually keep it to three things, mm-hmm. and they, I keep them Realistic very vague. Things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but very, yeah. very vague because mm-hmm. the universe will provide you something, and you might not have known it. And I always right. think if you if you think that you know if you think too small, again, it's it's if you think too mm-hmm. small, and you put yourself in that box and go, I only want to do this, mm-hmm. right. then you're yeah. going to miss mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. other all stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's they, happened there's so There's a lot of happy accidents in, that will come your way. Enough. Right. It's intentional enough. Mm-hmm. It's like so having that, your vision board. Yeah. Right. But I was just, just about to say, I made a vision board this year. Right. And what's and, on it? And I'm not going to say the details was on it, but I, w- <laughs> I will say that one of the things I put on there. But how are you? How are people going to know? Well, I don't want to tell you guys what's on it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not putting it out for the world. Like, that's the vision board is like, well, you know, Tom Brady's on the vision board. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that much. He's on the vision board. He was on there anyway. Not that, not, that to, not that I'm trying to get with Tom Brady, but I have next to his picture is like warrior spirit. Like right. the guy's mindset is on another level. He is not the most talented guy in the NBA, but he works so hard and accentuates the gifts he does have, yeah. which is his mind. His mind's moving. His mind's doing calculations at a high speed out there yeah. on the field. Anyway, so the vision board, I will say I made it <clears throat> on two Two twenty two twenty two because I felt like a portal is gonna open and like mm-hmm. this is like all the twos it's great so I made it on that day and I have a picture up there of someone mm-hmm. just as like an idea of like this is an actor I would just love to like work with whatever and then 
I was somehow connected, like I somehow met someone who's connected to them in, in like a month, like wow. a month later. Right. It was so weird. I was like, um, okay, vision yes. board. I believe, I'm a believer now. Yeah. 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 Amy, Amy Annioli talks about them all the mm-hmm. time. She's like, you got to put money on here. You got to put, yes. right. you got to put the house, you know, all that yeah, stuff yeah. on yeah. there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right. Totally agree. Mine totally agree. has a big sold thing on it. It's oh, a nice. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I like that mm. one. And I do have one of a woman doing this. She's got her arms outstretched. She's on a beach. I love, I have one that's got travel because I no. love I have travel, travel on mine as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm telling you a lot of it was on vision board. I was <laughs> like, I'll tell you. So I do have a picture of someone with the arms outstretched, but yes. it's the Northern Lights. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Which I've seen, mm-hmm. but I've never been, I've never like been on the ground when I saw it. I was in an airplane when I saw it. So I was like over the Arctic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like this gentleman's just sort of reaching out and the Northern Lights are like inside his, the grip, right. the space of his hands. I was like, that's, oh, that's beautiful. Good. Mm. But I'm not telling you anything else that's on my vision board. <laughs> right, I'll tell you the other ones. I, I have two other things on mine. You know I, too much. I do have, I do have money. I have sold. I have the woman. And then I have, um, uh, I guess it's like little, um, I want to say cubes that spell out bestseller. Oh, mm. cute. Cause I'm writing a novel mm. right now. Nice. And uh, and then the last one is a, a picture of a writer's room because I want to be back in a writer's room. Right. I also felt it really stimulating creatively because I was getting out color pencils. I haven't like, you know, I did some stencils. I went to like the art store. I was like, I need to post a board. And then <laughs> right. I, into this. I mean, yeah, because I was, you know, I was like. She's yeah. A-type though. You know what I'm we gonna, if we're going to do it, we're going right. to do it all the way full throttle, right? Sure. So <laughs> it's, I think it's beautiful. I look at it every day. It's right by my water cooler. But you know what it also does, I think, that people talk about vision boards is that it's a visual representation of when you say, you know, Tom Brady, warrior, are you doing something to move any of those mm-hmm. forward every right. single day? And right. it's a reminder that, hey, yeah, I've got to do, I've got to write a page mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. to finish my book. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to, and whatever it is. And if it's travel, okay, I've got to start, you know, thinking about what fights I want to book. Like, even after mm-hmm. I, I, the reward at the end of my writing day is let me sit and figure out, okay, I want to go to Australia. Tennis is very important, Australian Open. Right. How can I, <laughs> what flights Qantas has? Like, you know, I'm just starting to plan yeah. so that I can do the travel, you know? Yeah, you play tennis? No. I tried. I had a little bit too much anger management issues. <laughs> I started playing. I started. Wait a minute. I started. Why are you laughing, bro? <laughs> I mean, a racket gets broken all the time. That's why I was pitching. <laughs> you, you have a renaissance coming. It may, it may take a patient tennis instructor, but you're, you're going to play. No, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy traveling and watching it, and that's fine. So right. I was up at like seven seven a.m. this morning watching tennis. French <laughs> Open is happening, and I'm like, "Yeah." Anyway, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it's you can always pick it up. At I time. I tried playing, and there was I was playing doubles, and I was losing my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we I'm gonna just be a spectator. Okay. If that's all right, little you can Miss go A type over there. Casually, leisurely, just hit. No, no, you're not understanding. Like you, the four of us can sit here and play a board game. I know you. We can play Clue. I know you. Obsessive personality. I got it. At the end of it, I'm like, Tracy's a sweet bitch. (laughs) I'm never talking to him again. That's. And I'm working on this. I guarantee you, I'm working on this. Spades and dominoes game. I'm working on it. I think we're all a little safer if she does not go on a court. But I'm. But it's just no. It's just I'm a super competitive person. Mm -hmm. You know. And I and I came up in a very competitive environment. Like you cannot be a military pilot and not be in this right. competition. Like it's right. all competition. So right. I'm having to like let that shit go. <laughs> I'm recovering. I'm a recovering type A. Right. Well, we'll see. 
I'm trying. I'm meditating. <laughs> That's good. See, I always say I'm an A personality with B with B sensibilities. You know, believe it or mean? not, means that you're chill? I do everything as right as I can, but I'm very aware okay. of the fact that I'm doing certain things. Okay. So, like, I never get too heated. Got it. I never get too angry. I never get like I'm always calm enough, but I always handle the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always. I like That's things a nice neat. Balance. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Like stuff. I like order. You know, little things like that. But right. um, so let's talk about a couple elements in the book that I love. Um, you talk about there's so many chapters in there that that I love in particular. Um, one that comes to mind. I was teasing. We were, we were joking off offline myself and Linnell before you came in. <clears throat> I was talking about how the the new company gave me my new email. And they were asking them whatever you want it to be. And I was like, well, of course, it's going to be my name, mm-hmm. right? Because I hate, and you've heard me many times on the show, tell younger writers when they come in, I'm like, girl, please, will right. y'all stop with this? Make it easy for us. Writer such right. and such at whoever. But right. I'm like, girl, y'all killing me. <laughs> yep. Just tell me your freaking name. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe it's just me being over 50 and I'm just old. I don't know. But it no. bothers me. Yeah, yeah. But you cover that. Right. Let's just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, when I was an executive... I probably received at least 200 emails a day. Mm -hmm. That's easy. That's an easy day. And so when you're cycling through things really, really quickly and you're trying to respond quickly, and let's just say I would have an open job or a writer, I was looking for a writer or something, Mm -hmm. and I I would go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember I want to talk to Mm so-and-so, and I would not be able to remember what he or she's, her, their, whatever, email Mm -hmm. was. It would, it would then go away. I would yeah. just go, okay, forget it. And then that person stops being part of my consciousness. Yeah. But when those people are their emails, then it's easy for me because it self-populates in my email already. Yep. And I'm not searching for right girl or whatever right. it is. Like right. if you type in their first, like if you type in a couple letters of their first name, it's going right. to pop up. If it's in Angela, your I just do A-N-G mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's, I get a couple of different Angels and I know which one it is. So it's, it just is, it's, it's expediency. Yes. It's ease, and I find, I found, you know, ease and expediency is the thing that mm. most, I think for sure it is the, a huge factor in diversity, for sure. Yeah. But I think just in general, because people are so busy, we don't have time yeah. to search for you, and you should make it easy for us to find, find you. I have the same issue, this is just my opinion, with Twitter and Instagram. What is your freaking name? It right. drives me bananas, all right. these, I'm like, what is that person's? I'm looking for their name, and you can't find it because it's under some other. Right, like, exactly. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, but the, but that's the, that's that's the whole thing. It's just that it's it's things happen so fast. We just move so quickly mm-hmm. that we will pass over you if we if, for somebody who is easily right. you know findable. Because you're because what you're giving someone is a little bit of friction. So you want to be frictionless. That's like, right. Have it all be easier. Like I can remember your name. Cool. I see where you're you going. Can, yeah. yeah. Right. Be as frictionless as possible. Right. right. So that people and people, people only find reach you. so far. They only really yeah. go to their inner circle. Right. And if you are maybe too many steps outside of that comfort zone, it's going to be a lot harder yeah, for you to get. It slows my day down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. An- another thing you're talking. Please jump in whenever you guys feel like it. I'm just you know coming you up with something. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean that I. Love. I 
I, in the, oh, there's a few things in the book that Please I talk love. about. So, I mean, of course, mm. there's the diagram part yep. where you draw like a kind of an oval mm-hmm. and you put like seven spokes around it. I forget what's supposed to go in the middle, though, of the. It's what you want. It's the it's the answer to the question. What do you got what do you got want got to it. do? OK, so and one is and you start with like where you grew up. It's like the first right. spoke. And then like next spoke is like maybe when you're 13, and you know, you have like your worldview. That's just like your life story. I found that very helpful because when I did mine, I realized I was like, huh. Maybe I'm not a TV writer's room girl. Maybe I need to just go back to me being director, filmmaker type space. Because everything on my spokes was just like. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, maybe I. Well, of course, my cat was on there. (laughs) Um, You know. I would say your cat has not made you the creative that you are today. I would disagree. Really? (laughs) I would disagree. That is my muse. Okay. If that's part of your story, that's part of your story. Yeah. No, that cat is. She's. She's. Uh, she's turning 18. Uh oh. Uh Wow. We've been through it. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like a marriage. So, um, and she was with me in my Air Force career, and there was moments where I was like, you know, the questions were getting asked. Oh, you're gonna stay in because you just got promoted to major, and mm-hmm. like you're on the you're on the path. And I was like, mm. who are you gonna go work for airlines? Mm, what do I want to do? What do I want to be when I grow up? I had mm-hmm. to ask these questions. You mm-hmm. know, in my early 30s. I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Because I don't want to keep doing this. This isn't really fulfilling. And the cat was there. I was like, what should I do? (laughs) All right. Okay. All right, then. I think maybe there's a movie in that somewhere (laughs) where the cat starts to answer back. But in any case, you like that that oval. It's it's very helpful. I think it keeps people to a succinct seven Mm -hmm. points. You know, we obviously went and did a little bit more of that on my story today. But... But yeah, for the most part, you are trying to, you know, contain your story and also you can change your story. And and the great thing about it is that it's your story to tell. And as you, you know, go and do other things, you're going to add to it or you're going to pull something else out. There was a movie that that changed my mindset and said, no, you want to make a movie like this. Exactly. That's on there. But the book also makes the bigger point that writers have to be clear about what that goal, what that direction, what that objective is, Mm -hmm. so that when the opportunity shows up or if someone asks you what your goal is, what you would like to do, you're not all over the place Mm. and spouting out seven or eight or nine different things. And it's so confusing for the person that they don't know how they can be helpful. Again, it helps you be more uh, frictionless. Unencumbered. Very clear about, like, I'm trying to be a showrunner. Yes. Yeah. Like a real estate deal, you don't want these other issues in the way. So the book does really well with that and the executive's point of view, allowing the the reader to sort of see how you would have seen things in your time as executive, that I think is really kind of the secret sauce yeah. of the whole thing. And then, you know, just, just for the babies out there, if you don't have the hundreds or thousands of dollars for that big conference or retreat or whatever it is, this is a very worthwhile investment like Kelly's book. I know she's on YouTube and she's done lots of other interviews and appearances, mm-hmm. but spend the money on the book. Like, don't be a cheapskate. It's worth it alone for the list that you put in there of exactly. shows that of, of, t- of films and TV shows that people reference in pitch meetings yeah. or in writers rooms, or whatever. Right, I looked time, at those right. lists and I was like, okay, I've got a, I've got a really good handle on a lot of these things. There's a few I don't know. I need, I got work to do. Mm-hmm. So that could be right. instead of paying all this money to go to Austin Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Writers Conference or whatever it is. Sorry, I'm and I think pop, those those younger <laughs> those younger more emerging writers who are coming up now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're 
they probably have not nope. been privy to a lot of nope. television in the in the past. And you need to go back and watch. And there's because, no excuse now because, because you, you yeah, can go to justwatch.com and it will tell you where you can find mm-hmm. older stuff on any streaming sure. platform. Yeah, yeah. There. And we're still referencing. I mean, those are still evergreen. Yeah. People They're still, still the yeah. template. We were talking about everything. the Sopranos in the room the other day. I was like, we still on the Sopranos, right? Mad Men, <laughs> you know, right, right. still on Mash. Still on yeah, yeah. yeah. People but still even beyond that, Lucy. like Mash, people still yeah. talk about Mash. Oh, yeah. They still talk about, you know, All in the Family, and mm-hmm. Lucy is still the, you know, Jefferson, still the still ultimate, right? And as so, as Hilliard okay. noted, there are different chapters that allow us to refer back to them. Like it's pretty new in the in the marketplace, but. It's just well done in terms of kind of what it covers. Certainly in the television space, I think especially, you can refer to specific places where you are, if there's something you're thinking about, something you work like you covered it all. And so that's just the mark of... It's a fast book. Thank I mean, you. I listen to it on Audible because I'm an mm-hmm. Audible person. I love. How'd I sound? Because I'm a real. Sound I'm great. Really? Okay, and that, good. And I think I said it even in, and you saw it in the post that I put out. I was like, and you can hear her like good. tell it I'm to afraid you, to listen it to, to it. Oh, no, you sound great. <laughs> And, and, you know, I've heard you speak so many times. So it's like, it's just like having a conversation with you. And you sound very, uh, mm. I mean, I could tell just by, you know, even reading the, the synopsis about it, how you talk. You talk very conversational, like you said. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're just sitting and listening going. It was like, hey, girl. Good. Yeah. This is what good. you need to know. Like, yeah. let's, let's sip our coffee and here's, here's what you need to know. <laughs> right. These are the movies that need to be in right. your wheelhouse. You need to be familiar with them. You don't need to see every episode mm-hmm. of something that right. you don't like, right. <clears throat> Game of Thrones. But you need to be yeah, familiar at with it. At least, at least <laughs> look at the pilot. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's about, my rule. I watch every pilot that yeah. I could come across. Oh, good. One. I try you to. You know, it's funny. About a, about a year ago, when we were deep into COVID mm-hmm. 2020, I started to do on my Facebook page, and I don't know, I guess I'm public, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I started to do this whole... Thank you, Linnell. Thank you. I got slide out. Okay, babe. Thank you. Um, and I did this whole, um, I started to watch, rewatch old pilots mm-hmm. and talk about would they, how do they match up now? Right. You know, are, do they sort of hold up after all this time? Mm-hmm. And I looked at them through the prism of, you know, um, not only structure and, and innovation, but also, you know, theme and, um, and things like, you know, uh, gender mm-hmm. and, you know, how PC it is. Right. And yeah. I probably Ooh, did they about... They would never say that today. <laughs> I, probably, I probably did about 10 of them, <laughs> but I found that, that it was it was really fun to be able to go for myself to go back and, and rewatch some of these things. Mm-hmm. Because then you realize, oh, you know what? If you watch something like uh, Green Acres, mm-hmm. which I hadn't watched in, you know, what, four decades maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, Green Acres was incredibly innovative mm-hmm. in its pilot, and it was actually Green done. Acres yeah, is the place but if you, I don't know if you remember, but the <laughs> format is it, they are telling a story like a newscast. It's telling yeah. a story yeah. about Oliver yeah. and his upbringing, and so then you'd go into the little mini screen. So you're watching a screen, your your television screen, and in it is a newscaster like a Walter Cronkite or mm-hmm. a Peter Jennings or whoever, Joy Reid <laughs> now, right? And in it, there there's a television in there. And then you right. go into that television, you see these little snips of his, snippets of his life. Right. And in it, he's like a green uh, farmer, and that's why he wants to leave the city. And there's mm-hmm. just so many contemporary themes. Mm-hmm. and uh, and it, But it was just really innovative in terms of the, the look. Right. And I was thinking, wow, today... 
it would probably people would probably throw throw that that <laughs> oh, out yeah. and go, oh, well, it's oh, too yeah. gimmicky, and yet it was so brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. So I think we, there's a lot of learnings that we can do can take through mm-hmm. when you are you know even going back and revisiting some of those things in the past. Totally agree. One of the other things I want to talk to you about was um, there was a segment you did on what's say I talked about the name pitching. Let's, What's well, in your arsenal? Let's talk about let's talk about the pitching. That was a great one because you did an entire pitch, which yes. is really nice. Right, right. Let's talk about that because as somebody who has listened to hundreds of pitches myself, and I've done dozens of them, and I know you have two EP over there, has <clears throat> done a lot of things too. So there's, I loved, and listen to this. The reason why I want them to listen to the book and not not to take any money from you. I'm sure you get more money from the other way. Is to no, actually the audio book. The audio book. more money on the I audio book? Oh, bitch, go get the audio book. <laughs> so here's why. There's something to hearing the pitch mm. because you hear the inflections. You hear the, the, the pauses, the way you turn things up, the speed things, slow it down, all that stuff. So those things are important. Pace. Oh, that's cool. You know, everything. So that's why I'm like, listen to it because you'll be like, oh, and it's short. It's like a nice little five-minute little pitch. It is. Like, boom. You know what I mean? Right. It's, the whole story is there. Right. So great. I'm sorry. That's cool. Well, I think that uh, people always ask about pitching. And I think, especially, I think, again, we're now in a, in a very, very interesting inflection place where point where we are transitioning over from <laughs> traditional broadcast pitches into broadcast and streaming pitches. So many people mm-hmm. are pitching and streaming. And I do think that there's, um, you know, there are going to be some, uh, some, some slight differences. Right. But for the most part, everybody wants to sell their show, right? Yes. I think coming up through the traditional way of get on staff, work your way up because there's so many things that you need to know mm-hmm. is really the way to, to do it. I'm still old school in that respect, but because people are now jumping to the head of the class and they're needing to learn how to pitch, it's a skill that's built up over time. Yep. But there are things, there are certain hallmarks that you need to know in order to just even have the baseline. Right. And so I put, I sort of lay that out and this is, these are the things that you need. You need a 30,000 foot view. You need to be able to tell why it's, why now, why you, you know, you need to be able to give us a really good opening. Mm-hmm. You need to really delve into character. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people forget that television is all about character. Right. Movies are all about character too, but you can have these big old, you know, action movies that are like right. Earthquake or whatever mm-hmm. the new, you know, thing where everybody's just, you know, blow, blowing things up. And it'd be less about character. But for the most part, we come back to everything because of character. We want to see how someone is doing something. I always say, sorry to interrupt you. I always say that um, when you pitch, a good pitcher can pitch plot. An excellent pitcher pitches character. Yes. The plot is easy to do. Right. You just... Riding us along, right. the whatever. But when you get into the character and then you do it with it, right? That's that's well, because character technique. informs theme and right. it forms, you know, <clears throat> its story. It right. inform, and and that character, then you know, all of the spokes off of it, which is mm-hmm. the stakes and you know the authority figure. There's right. so many other elements that all circle around the character, right. and you have to know your character well, and you have that character has to have, has to be able to move through the world in a very specific way. Right. Because you're going to come back to that. I want to come back to how Sherlock Holmes solves a crime. I want to right. come back to how... Pose know. a question. And then, yeah. you, and, and then you answer it right. at some point. Right, right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Were you right. going to say something, Tracy? Well, one of my favorite <laughs> parts, and I have the book on the phone, so I'm not being rude. I'm showing them the <laughs> yes. phone. Exactly, exactly. You also do a really good job 
showing people or advising people how they can draw from their own lives and their own experiences right. mm-hmm. to help themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about how you shared your experiences on social media, like riding the bus and what that was like, mm. just as an example, like that was a real inspiration because I've seen people say, okay, well, I have a social media account and now what do I do? Right, open as if it's magically supposed, okay, I'm on Twitter, now what? Right. And so you gave people really tangible and concrete ways to, and show them that they have unique strengths within themselves. Mm-hmm. And you kind of walk people through how to pull that out of themselves, both in the pitches and just sort of navigating and networking. And, um, you know, it just, it just takes real skill to do that. Like, I know we're piling it on. It sounds like we're not doing that intentionally. But it's, it's, <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? It takes you, skill. If I could yeah. just sort of go take a little tangent off of that. Sure, go ahead. When... When you talk about your bringing yourself into it, I always know in my own work when I am working, not working from enough of myself and enough of my gut. I can tell it in my work. Yep. I, it it feels very surfacey, mm-hmm. and that might be okay for the first pass mm-hmm. where I'm getting down plot, but it's not okay when when I'm going back in and and really trying to connect. Mm-hmm. And so I use the my own personal experiences and say. Well, how can what is what is it in this character that is really close to me that I can utilize mm-hmm. to put more of my guts on the page and more of my emotion on the page? Because I want to get to a place where I feel so connected to that material that it's not just a story; it's really something that I'm desperate to say. And I feel like um, so I've of, of course everyone's watching everywhere, everywhere, everything all at once. Oh, yeah. Which I think is so, so, so brilliant. I've now seen it twice and I've cried really? t- twice in two <laughs> different places. Interesting. But I think what, what's so important is that it was such a personal experience that was put on, on screen. Mm-hmm. And I personally found that it touched me because it is exactly the relationship that I have with one of my daughters. Mm. In, in so many ways. So, so challenging. So, so difficult. When she was 16, it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. We, are, we now have a really, we came out the other side. But I recognize that in that space, she also has ADHD. And mm-hmm. so it's everything about her. Mm-hmm. And I understand her so much better because of it. Well, that was such a personal experience. Right. And you could tell it. And you could tell how it's just exploded with the world in that they saw something and they feel something that is so particular, so very particular mm-hmm. and specific to that um, experience and so I try to do that with my own work and I think and I go back and I look and I go okay why am I not connecting to this character you know what and sometimes I change the character mm-hmm. but you I really do my best to find that little thread of that little nugget of of emotionality and I, and personal I, experience and put that in I, I like that and I think that one of the things I like about the way that you pitched it is I do something kind of similar like i always i always like to pose a question at the at the beginning of so whatever it is if it's about bass reeves it's about Mm -hmm. you know whoever i'm always like you know for example i just did this this whole show for this producer recently about this cop from the from like the first black cops in like 1950s in la and so i think i started off the question going how many black cops do you think there were back in the 50s here in la so I'm starting a question with right. you. Right. What if I was to tell you there are only 60? 
what if I was to tell you that our hero is kind of like, you know, this particular character, and I'll explain, you know, he's this type of guy, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he was blah, blah. And, and I'll say something like, I'm fascinated by that because of this. My uncle was blah, blah. Ah, and I'll go that's into That's a good way it. in it, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So I'm still keeping questions in your head and curiosity rolling. Right. Right. And you're leading Constantly. us down a path. I'm taking you story. somewhere. Right, I'm right. taking somewhere. And, and I'm then also, you're going into character. And I'm yeah. also kind of, and I write them in bullet points mm-hmm. so that for me, I bullet pointed out all these different images for myself. So when I come back later, it's a callback to all those images I that's talked great. about. That's great. Ooh, right? that's nice. And so, but it took years to figure that out, you know what I mean? And ways to do that. And, and But you did a version of it to me when I listened to it. I was going, oh, she included, she included. Yeah, check, check. You know what I mean? So that's what I was listening yeah, to. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? You ever say something? No. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> just I, nodding. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> if, if, Kelly, you want to tell us about what you're working on now, maybe upcoming, future Oh, we stuff? didn't get to the TV show. The how did you, how'd you get to that? Oh, how I got to our kind of people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that happen? And um, because we okay. know that 2020, you switched, you moved to the writing side. That's right. How did and you then finally get? Wrote the book, and then it was May. And again, it's mm-hmm. this is so interesting. So, um, in May, and then I will absolutely get to that part, yeah. Tracy. So, in May of maybe it was early May, end of April. I was feeling like, oh, like pilot season was going was gonna to pass me by. I hadn't had mm. any meetings. We know that villain. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> yes. oh, well, maybe it's not in the cards <laughs> for me. Maybe it's, you know, this is not, I'm, you know, you go through all of those checklists yeah. of how, you know, worthless you are. But I was like, okay, I'm going to not wallow in it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to have a moment. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it was a Friday. This was a Friday. A Thursday, a Thursday. And Friday, the next Friday, I got a call from a friend of mine, or I texted a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, who worked at ABC, and he said, um, and, I, and this is, it was just ridiculous, but I said, hey, so um, I think I'm gonna, this, this, this thing isn't gonna work out. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was in reference to the fact that I had been asked to consult on a particular project mm-hmm. um, for ABC, and, and, I, and it wasn't gonna, I just didn't think it was going to manifest in, into anything. It was it was for a diversity program. Mm-hmm. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, that thing, I don't think it's going to work out. And he said, you need to call me because I think you're getting an offer. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and and uh, Talking in code and shit. <laughs> and ultimately what happened was the one, I had had one meeting for staffing that was really not even a meeting. Hmm. It was... Um, I knew that Karen. I knew Karen just from mm-hmm. years awesome. ago, yeah. and we were personal friends because my husband had used to work on a show, same show that she worked yeah. on. I had staffed her on Girlfriends years ago, mm-hmm. and when we had our meeting, and I'm putting it in air quotes, it was really just a catch up. It was like, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm yeah. getting married," and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And we barely talked about the script, <laughs> and um, and I think at the end she asked me, well, "What's your favorite character?" And I told her my favorite character, right. and it was like lovely. And and I thought, well, I hadn't heard from her. Three weeks had gone by. Mm. I was getting this potential consulting thing mm. that I didn't think it was going to work out. And so I thought, okay, I'm like a failure. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and I got, and then we went and had this little text chain, and and my friend calls me up and he says, "You're going to get two offers." He said, "One's going to come in fast, and the other one." Mm. He said, "I think you should take it. You're going to love it." And that Friday, that later that day, we got the offer from our kind of people, mm. and it really just felt it was very it was miraculous almost because mm-hmm. off of one staffing call, right. 
Um, the other one was just somebody I, I had known, and they were going to make me an offer that didn't happen. Um, but it was just it was just an amazing experience. So I'm in the room, the end of May, and I'm with this group of. I think 11, 12 writers who are just all phenomenal. I could not have had a better entree into the writer's room experience because mm-hmm. everyone was super supportive. Right. Um, I, got a, I got a chance to write quite a bit. Okay. And, and it was amazing. The first time, so I, I ended up going down to set and a, a speech that I had written, I had been asked to write a, a very particular speech mm-hmm. for Joe Mor- uh, Morton. Okay. And I get to the to set, and it's like my first. I thought she was gonna say Morris Chestnut when he took his shirt off or something. No, you know? I did. I actually did. I did write that too. Joe, Joe Morton is nobody to sneeze. <laughs> yeah, at. yeah. I did write that. Um, so there's a moment where he's doing this big, and it's a very long speech, and mm-hmm. it's a very sort of you David know, Kelly and shit. Yeah, it was amazing, and and he's he's doing that speech, and I'm on set, and I'm almost in tears. Mm. And afterwards, we ha- we happened to be at a dinner together, and we were sort of going around the table and talking about ourselves or whatever. And I said, Joe, I just want to let you know that, you know, hearing my words for the first time coming out of your mouth, that was the first time I ever heard my words coming out of an actor's oh, mouth on set. He's trying to get me teary-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I, and it was everything. And he said, uh, he said, I said, I, I, was, I was almost crying. And he said, was I that bad? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, no, you were that good. Exactly. You were that good. Um, Lovely guy. We had such a great cast on that. It was wonderful. I'm going to hijack my other question with another question. Sure. Just on your experience at Our Kind of People. It sounds like it was wonderful, which you deserve, and it's great. Shout out to all of them. You came in with the executive experience. Like, you knew probably more than most staff writers. In terms of being in the room, watching the show get produced, the whole thing, is there anything that you wish you had known that you didn't know before you were you were in the room on on staff? Wow, there was a lot I didn't know that I wish I'd known, but I think it the the discovery of it was was lovely. Mm. Now I had been prepped, so before I got into staff in. It, on staff and in a room, Glenn Mazera, who mm-hmm. does this amazing WGA prep course, yep. did one for me uh, personally. Oh, okay. So he's like, "This is what you need to know." And, mm-hmm. You know, so I had that. Love, love Glenn. Yeah, I call he, him Uncle Glenn. Glenn he's, <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Uh, and he basically said, "Don't worry, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, you're there to support the showrunner. Whatever she wants, that's what your job is." Mm-hmm. And essentially, it was just calm down you know Mm. don't wind yourself up don't think that you have to do too much Mm. just lay in the cut so i had that but before that even when i was making this emotional transition Mm -hmm. into writer um uh, brett mahoney had invited me into to to just to observe for a minute and a half a day on empire okay that's good and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but no, but, no, I, but I'm saying that now. But, people do it okay. all the time. Yeah, but yeah, but he was lovely, and the the whole room was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And my God, the writers in that on that uh, show were just phenomenal. Right. So he was. So I got to watch them, you know, board out. I think it was. I don't remember what what season it was, but it was like mm-hmm. one of the last seasons. But I got to see them board out. You know, I think ten episodes, something right. like that. And and so I saw a lot of the things that I had never been privy to as an executive. Now, the problem with that is that 
I, I would have been a much better executive if I'd seen that oh, 30 years ago yeah. or 20 years ago. And I think most of the executives in town should see that. They should understand what that is. They would give much more um, thoughtful notes. Mm. They would understand the process. Now, I came from production, so I yeah. knew... I know what's doable, what's not doable, mm -hmm. right? I know what you can do with a swing set right. overnight. Like, I, right. you know what to do. Mm -hmm. But but I don't think a lot of executives who are not, don't come from production mm -hmm. and who haven't been in a writer's room to see what it, it entails, I think that if they had, they would definitely give this different is, notes. This is interesting because, um, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Tracy, but I know in every situation I've been in, the room has always been, oh, we don't want, you know, an executive in here. Mainly, it's because the room is so, and you know, everybody is telling their personal deepest stuff. secret. Right, right, right. So it's like a weird. Yeah, but even you know, if it's just for one day to understand how a story is broken, that's different. Somebody yeah. could break it down for them and just right, go right. over it. You know, that's, yeah. Somebody could pitch it out to them, whatever. But exactly. I, I think that 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 yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, um, yeah I don't have an issue with that. It should be required. Yeah. It, yeah. Should be required. It, it takes some doing to build trust. Yeah. And so when you have an executive who you can trust and everyone truly feels. And Tracy's somebody who runs the room. Invested. So. You're very kind to say that. <laughs> but in, when the executive has the shows and everyone's best interests, then there's some alignment. Everyone feels like they're on the same team. It sounds kind of easy to say, mm -hmm. but. To Kelly's point, when the executives are sort of in this other space and the writers are in their room and th there's this separation that happens and sometimes that can not serve the show. Yeah. And so just like we all grow <laughs> tremendously by being on set or by learning other aspects of production, right. some of them probably would, those who don't have that experience or that understanding, it would, it would be to everyone's benefit. Right. And it's great when you get that, you know, if, if you don't always, but it's, it's very nice when, when, when that happens. For sure. For sure. Should we go back to your other question about what I'm doing now? Yeah, yes. Yeah, right. I had come in late, you guys. I'm sorry. I thought you'd <laughs> covered everything about no. That's all right. Kelly being on staff. Yeah, we were yip yapping and jaw japping. Yeah. So I, my, my goal is to get on staff again. I would love to have that experience again. So let's, let's throw my arms out into right. the universe. So is, your, is that show over? It's so, yeah, they got canceled. Oh, that's they right. It was one of them. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it was in the bloodbath of yeah. that Friday bloodbath after the Thursday bloodbath. Max but swung. Yeah. And I think it, we were, I'm, look, it, I think we knew that we were on the bubble for sure because in the olden days, <laughs> after, after episode three, we would have been picked up, right? right? These yeah. days with the whole streaming and blah, 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 yeah. and all those seven yeah. plus whatever. The show's the, out months later. Broadcast. Broadcast. And the rugged. numbers. Yeah. It's so, we, we had heard that things, or at least I had heard from friends of mine who work in network now, they're like, well, no, we don't pick up anything until we absolutely have to. And I thought, well, at least maybe we would know when the actors got triggered yeah. in April. But... So again, it was a little bit, it was heartbreaking for sure because it would have been nice to, to go back and to be with all those other people. Mm -hmm. but, um, but we won't let that stop us. Mm -hmm. So right now I am, uh, I'm gonna take out some pitches as a producer this year, I think. I wasn't planning cool. on doing it, but I think I will. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of projects that have come to me, or I should say come back to me, I've, and I've, that I've loved that I will oversee. And then I got, I, 
optioned a graphic novel that I've loved since nice. 1990s oh, something for. Nice. And so I'm going to work on that pitch. And then I am writing this novel. So I'm at the I'm at 70,000 words right now. It's probably going to be a 90,000 <clears> word first draft. And wow. then I'll go back. In. I'm going to put it aside and then go mm-hmm. back into it. It's very, very much a departure for me because I, I will say departure in, in the way that I don't usually do dark stuff. I feel like I'm character, I'm comedy, okay. I'm light in one hour. But there was this idea that came to me a while ago that I just couldn't let go of. Mm. And there are, it's the supernatural elements to it. So mm. it sort of does, it's sort of in line with my escapist kind of, okay. you know. I now I, want, I really want to read this one. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I, it's, it is, it's very, <clears throat> it's spookier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, uh, I don't even know if I could say what kind of genre. It's, it's like, I'm going to say a little, it's paranormal cop. Okay. Mm kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been living half my year in Montana and we are 0.6% of the population and so I had Mm -hmm. this idea of doing something that involved a sort of a murder Mm -hmm. kidnapping mystery thing that's set out there that um, where you are you know literally it's a (laughs) you're literally alone in so many ways trying to figure this out so i'm really enjoying it it's jordan peele's cousin over there yeah yeah but it's real. it's fun it's funny because i'm i'm at the end and it's almost as though i've gotten to this point where i've gone i'm really at the at the low point right Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go into the last the last rise right the last piece of it and part of me is trying not to finish it Really interesting because I'm enjoying it ah, and I'm so yeah, I'm yeah. eking it out and I I didn't realize it until recently how much I'm sort of submerged in in it mm. but I'm really loving it and I also love the fact that I'm not getting any notes <laughs> it's all me nice. I don't know what it'll turn into or, or it might turn into nothing it might turn into something who knows mm. but I think ultimately to underneath it all I'm trying to. Um, tackle some big themes and I want to make sure that I'm doing that right okay. uh, but I'm really excited about it right. so I love it um, and I don't know I didn't know that I was going to like novel writing as much as I'm liking it it's music to my ears but we'll <laughs> see and then you can service the characters in terms of being in the characters heads I you're not that. quite <clears throat> as constrained in terms of space as you well know mm-hmm. Um, with um, television and film, like you, you, you have some a little bit more real estate, I would say, right? To play internally, character-wise, yeah. it's I all always, storytelling. Of I always course. think it's such a good—I hate to use the word cheat, but it's compared to where we are, where there's so many rules, yeah, to what we do. But you can literally, like you said, go off in the headspace, and the characters talking for like three or four pages, right, about how they feel or what's going on about whatever, and it's yeah. like. Man, if you could write that on a page in a script, it'd be so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> I think the bigger thing that I worry about, though, is is am I giving enough breadth to that? Mm. You know, how how far or how much or, you know, I also get, you know, can I find another word for water? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like, like yeah. what can I say? <laughs> so I'm worried that, you know, I'm maybe not necessarily as artful as I feel like I would love to be, but I think that's for the second and third pass. You know, I think that it's going to be a process Mm -hmm. and we'll see. And then I've got other projects that I've got. I've got like a a screenplay that I've been noodling around with that um, I'm almost done. I'm writing something with a good friend of mine um, that's a real fun comedy. We just finished our first draft. Mm 
uh, a future future idea. And then what I think is really interesting is a friend of mine who I went to uh, my MFA program with has has gotten into the world of audio books and audio mm-hmm. dramas. And so he came to me and we started to think about well, what could we do in that space? Because I'm even, gonna send you mine. You're going to trip. You're going to well, well, but here's the thing: it's what I love about what you're doing here mm-hmm. is that, again, you don't wait for anybody. Oh, no, you no, just no. do it. <laughs> and I think in this world where we are sometimes so focused on getting the big blockbuster movie mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is out there in the traditional sense, yep. and we forget that no, 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 we could do whatever. We can do an audio drama together we could mm-hmm. make a, a movie on our on our iphone if yep. we want to you know we could do uh, there's a, a guy that i know who's who's doing novellas and he's got this series of the most interesting queer horror novellas mm. wow such a strong voice mm. just brilliant brilliant writing like mm. i'm just like i soak it in right. so his name's eric laroca if you want to look him up but mm-hmm. he's just it's just a beautiful and I'm thinking that man is going to get something, whether he decides to take those novellas and make them into a TV show mm-hmm. or audiobook or mm-hmm. find some other new AI experience. Like We mm-hmm. just have to be expansive in our thinking for sure. of what success is for us mm-hmm. and what our art can do. Because ultimately what our art is trying to do is connect yeah. and is trying to bridge the gap between you sitting over there and me over here and how do our hearts connect yeah. and what can we both do and what can we share and what kind of conversation can we have that's, that's going to elevate everybody, right? Mm. That's our whole thing. That's it. Otherwise, why do this? Let's go be fighter pilots or <laughs> work for Delta or whatever. You know what I mean? She's a philosopher too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. We're coming over here hanging with us at the rant room. Thank See, you for having me. Indeed, this has been great. Indeed. It wasn't mad. We just having a conversation. Did anybody you know? rant? I don't know. I, I think maybe Linnell did some ranting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can't help it, though. She got the can't help it. Um, awesome. So let's just tell everybody uh, where can they find you and also where can they get the book and et cetera, et cetera. Sure. I think I'm at, Ke- I'm not quite positive, but I think I'm Kelly Edwards underscore co or Kelly Edwards dot co. So I think I'm Edward, <laughs> Kelly Edwards underscore and it's k-e-l-l-y e-d-w-a-r-d-s underscore co at my at um on my linkedin page maybe and my twitter on facebook yeah. i'm just kelly, kelly, edwards kelly edwards edwards, or co. kelly mccray edwards yeah. yeah 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 i have kelly edwards underscore co on instagram for sure there you go right yes okay Follow so i'm her, on everything yeah, yeah. And at least it's your name. You can find you. That's right. You can find me. It's easy. Although there is another Kelly Edwards and she's like some sort of like decorator blonde. But oh, you'll no. know that's not me. <laughs> I know the curly hair. <laughs> you have a website for the book or can they just go on Audible or, or buy it on, on, on the website or something? Yeah, yeah, you can go on Amazon. It's on Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble. It's like every, all the major booksellers. Right. It's on um, Michael Weezy Productions has a has their own website which okay. i think has it for maybe a little bit a couple dollars cheaper which is mwp.com okay. but uh the yeah you executive can also, chair y'all go you can also it. go through my website okay again i think it's kellyedwards.co <laughs> don't quote me on that but i think i think that's what it is hilarious where you at tracy and uh you about to start the room in a minute um yeah we we can't officially Say. announce but we're right. we're feeling good um, at Twitter on the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y. That's me on Twitter. Tracy Grant five four three nine on Instagram. Watch season one of Lace. 
It's on All Black. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon Prime. And our little old-fashioned web series, DPI, is out there now. We got all five episodes. DPI, the series in all caps, on our YouTube channel, on our Vimeo channel. We're here. That's what's up. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool, by the way. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm on everywhere at Hilliard Guest, Instagram, Twitter, you know, Facebook, whatever. Um, also, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. <clears throat> please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Um, please go, go on our screenwriters, rr.com. Give us a, get, uh, buy some T-shirts, stuff like that. Take a picture tag us we'll blast it back and all that um lots of good stuff going on i can't wait to announce the good stuff happening uh soon <laughs> y'all will see it all over the place um lots of good stuff going on again thank you so much girl thank you yeah, it's thank been you. a minute seeing that since i seen you um so yeah so join in with us for 2022 okay Yes. We, we, we change the tag like every three or four months or something. So usually it's Wakanda forever. It's, it's all <laughs> kind of stuff. So anyway, thank you again. Thank you, Tracy. Join with me. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Everybody. 2022. Peace, y'all. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.